Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Good morning. Come on, the peace of God. Let it rule in our hearts. Amen. You know, what's so powerful about the thing called peace is the peace, you know, peace is the prevailing rule of heaven. What, what, is, what is in heaven right now? Peace. God isn't stressed out. God isn't worried. And that's one of the most powerful things. You can be in a place of peace. Just like, it's all good. Come on, someone say, it's all good. So don't let the devil steal your peace. Don't let him disrupt your peace. Come on, somebody. Say this. Say, I'm good with God. Say, I'm good with God. So good. Well, hey, good morning, church. It's good to see everybody in church this morning. My name is Josiah Silva. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm the lead pastor of Freedom House Church. And we are one church that meets in three locations, the city of Fullerton, in Costa Mesa, and also live online. Would you welcome all of our Costa Mesa family right now? We're live at our Costa Mesa campus. What's up, Costa Mesa fam? Uh, they're now meeting indoors at our Costa Mesa campus. And uh, thank God for that. Things are reopening and COVID cases are going dramatically down. They have gone down by literally 90% daily COVID cases. You ought to clap for that. Praise God. Let COVID be gone. Let it disappear in Jesus' name. Don't ever come back. But thank God things are, you know, things are going out and, and we're good. And if anything, Disneyland's open in April 1st. So don't judge Freedom House. Y'all going to be at Disneyland. Don't get mad. Anyway, leave that one alone. But anyhow. I hope it's not April Fool's joke, though. April for anyway. <laughs> Welcome to church, y'all. Anyway, so today we're going to begin a new series entitled Relationship Rehab, and I'm just really jazzed to jump into this series. So as you remain standing, would you grab your Bibles and your message outlines, and we're going to jump right into the Word, and we're going to begin a new series of messages all centered upon relationships. Uh, when you walked in, they handed you a message outline at Costa Mesa here in Fullerton, also online. They're going to put a link right there, and these are the points to my, uh, my message as well as the verses that we will be studying together this morning and um, you can uh, fill in with us and stay on track with us there and uh, it's going to be real exciting. I love relationship series. Every time we, we uh, have a relationship series, a lot of anticipation, a lot of feedback and uh, really helps many, many people and, and people always, every time we, we do a relationship series, people always say this after the series, I wish I knew this earlier. Like I wish. So if you're like young and single, you need to learn this stuff, okay? Like, like say amen. We all need to learn this stuff but don't be like, oh, they're going to talk about marriage. Now we're talking about all relationships. But go with me to John chapter 13. We're going to read verse 33. I'm sorry, verse 34 and 35. And here is a time where Jesus is going to give us the most important principle about relationships and also a very key characteristic of what determines us as followers of Christ. So are you there? John 13, 34 through 35. And we're going to have some real talk about relationships because if it ain't real, it won't heal. 34 and 35, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, a new command I give you. Here's the new command. He says, love one another. That's not the new command. Here's the new command. He says, as I have loved you. So the new command wasn't that we would love one another. That's all over the Bible. The new command is this. Jesus says, I want you to love each other like I love you, as Jesus loves you. Now, some of you are like, I already need prayer, Pastor. Just open up the altar call because I get it, okay? But this is the new command. In other words, he's saying the measure of our love is to love people like Jesus love them. 
Watch verse 35. Then Jesus is going to take it to another level. He says, by this, in other words, how we love each other, he says, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In other words, watch me now, the distinguishing characteristic of a believer is their ability to love the people in their life. You could say amen or ouch. (laughs) God says, the way you will know my disciples isn't by how many verses they quote, how many Christian shirts they wear or Freedom House merch they wear. You won't know them by their bumper stickers. You won't know them by how they worship. He says, you're going to know my disciples by how they do relationships. Come on, somebody. Help us, Lord. So I'm excited to talk about today. The title of my message is The Road to Restoring Relationships. The Road. And we're going to talk about relationships we have. Let's pray one more time. Would you bow your head with me? Father, we thank you uh, for your word. This is the part of the service where we open up the scriptures. But more importantly, we open our hearts to receive the imperishable word of God. So, Father, speak to us as it pertains to relationships. Make us better men, husbands, fathers, mothers, women, followers of Christ, sisters, brothers. Make us better at relationships, God. Increase, God, our ability, as the scripture says, to love as Christ loves them. For this will be the distinguishing characteristic that the world will know that we are followers of Christ. Help me, Lord, in my relationships. And everybody says, amen. Come on, give God one more clap. You may be seated. Just tell the person you came with, say, we're better together. Tell them to say, we're better. Just say, we're better together, even when we're mad. <laughs> Just joking. Come on. It's good to see you in church. Restoring relationships. Thank you so much, brother. So excited again to continue um, and talk about relationships every year. Like I said, we talk about this, and, and it's important for all of us because everyone uh, in church this morning, all those watching online, Costa Mesa, we are all have relationship. So this is not only about marriage. We all have relationships, friends and, and brothers and sisters, and we all have you know, uh, things that we deal with, parenting, and we're going to touch on that. But here's something important that we got to know is that God cares about our relationships. In fact, the Bible is a book about relationships. From Genesis to Revelation, God is talking about our relationship, first with God, but then also with others. But the Bible's a book about relationships, and how we do relationships is so important because relationships are a part of our everyday life. In fact, our greatest joys and our greatest pains in life will come from your relationships. Um, Example, children. Okay, ladies, greatest joy but then they become greatest pain. Dads, can I get an amen? You know what I mean? Oh, he's born. Well, we love our child. And they grow up. You're like father in heaven. <laughs> this kid. Okay, you know what I mean? How did they turn out like this? Well, they're your child. How'd you, anyway, all right. But, <laughs> sorry, real talk. Anyway, so, you know, our greatest joy and our greatest pain come from our relationships. For those that are married, maybe not you, just look straight. But there are some that, you know, you get married and I do, I do love you, I love you, I love And then, <laughs> you're like, what did I do? Just kidding. You're like, Lord, help me with this pain. Point is, our relationships are a place where God wants us to draw 
strength and, and joy, but also it's a place where pain comes. And how we manage these relationships determine, in essence, the quality of our lives. It determines h- how we, we, we function. And, and many of us, and I'll raise my hand, okay? Uh, I'll raise my hand real high. Many of us, we never were taught how to do relationships, you know, we, we were raised in, in, in homes that, that perhaps were broken. And if you had the blessing of being raised in a, in a beautiful home, please hold on to that heritage. Um, that's a blessing from God that I want to pass on to my children. Um, but, but a lot of us grew up in dysfunctional homes. We grew up around brokenness. And I think a lot of the times the reason why our relationships are dysfunctional, I believe it's not because we're rebellious. Some of you are. We'll pray for you later. <laughs> okay. But I, I want to believe that, the, that most people, and I know I'm talking to the choir because you're here at church, but most of us, the reason we struggle in relationships is because no one ever taught us. You know, no one really ever took the time to show us and to teach us. And so therefore, what we're simply doing is we're repeating the patterns that we were raised in that we think are normal but are not normal. That, that's not normal. That, that is not healthy and it's not helping the relationships in your life. So we got to confront these things and make a decision is, is am I going to repeat dysfunction? Am I going to pass on burden or am I going to pass on blessing? Come on, anybody want to pass on blessing today? Say amen. I want to pass on blessing. So we got to confront, we got to confront these things because we, are, we will play out what we were raised in, but we'll also pass that on to those that we're raising. Like for us that are parents, where are all my parents? If you're a parent, raise your hand. Come on now. There we are. Yeah. Which, by the way, parents, we want to open up our Freedom House Kids Church all the way up across all campuses soon. And uh, our kids, man, they miss Kids Church. And, and come on, how many believe we should open up the Kids Church fully open? Come on. We want to get there. Okay. I'm going to need about at least 50% of you that clap to sign up for Kids Church, though. Okay. All right. Because we need uh, our workers back and all of that, of course, those that feel safe. But we want to open that back up. Our kids miss Kids Church. And, and anyway, that's my two cents on that. But all my parents, where you at? Shout at me, parents. Hallelujah. Okay. So here it is, parents. We pass on to our kids not only our physical DNA. So like your kids got, they look like you. Okay, they inherited your, your looks, your hair, your eyes, your, your, your mannerisms. Like it trips me out. Some of my kids, they like do stuff I do and I'm like, whoa, okay. But here's the other scary part. They also inherit your spiritual characteristics. Mercy of God, okay. So, so we as parents need to say, I need to make a decision that I'm, I'm not just passing on my physical characteristics, I'm passing on my spiritual characteristics. So therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to break generational dysfunctions and we're going to make a decision, come on somebody, to show the pattern, not of perfection, but of being perfected. Say amen. This is why relationships are important. Now, I said all that because Jesus makes the statement. There's some opening thoughts, but let's go to the context. Jesus introduces us to this principle that he calls new. And in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, let's read it one more time. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Who's he talking to? So he's talking to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers right here, although it applies to everybody. He's talking to the church. He's talking on a Sunday morning. He's talking at a connect group. He's talking to, another, to believers, people that have been following him. And here's what Jesus says. It's a heavy one. He says in verse 13 and 34, he says, a new command I give you. They're like, okay, 
Break it down, Jesus. What you got for us? And he says, love one another. They're like, I heard that before. Then he drops the bomb on them. He says, as I have loved you. Scooby-Doo. Like, whoa, that's a whole nother level. He says, so you must love one another. Then he goes, like, he didn't stop right there. That alone would have been like, hold, hold up, hold up, altar call. He says, verse 35, he says, by this, everyone, who's everyone? Everyone, unbelievers, believers, family members, children, cousins, brothers, others, neighbors. He says, everyone will know, they'll have a knowledge that you're my disciples if you love one another. So he says, how the world is going to know that you're, you're, one, you're one of my followers is how you treat other people, is how you do relationships. He says, this is the distinguishing characteristic of believers. Now, God's heart, listen to me, okay? It gets, it gets better. The message gets better, but let me just kind of, is God's heart is that the world would look to believers to say, that's how a marriage should be. That the world would look to, to believers and say, that's how a family should be. That's the way you do family. That we're to be the example. Now, a lot of times when we talk about relationships, the world doesn't look to the church for relationships. They're quiet. I know. Ooh. They go, man, they're all dysfunctional over there. But how many know that by the goodness of God, that it should be our aim? God, let me set the example of what a family, a marriage, a friend, come on, Christian, friends should be. So God's going to help us. Say amen, okay? So we're going to learn this stuff. We're going to apply it. So how do we do this? Jesus teaches us, stay with me here. He teaches us, he says, how you love one another will distinguish it. So watch what Jesus does. He says that the, that, that the seat of a relationship is not found in the condition of another person, but is found in the condition of the individual. In other words, how I love someone does not depend on how they act, but how I am. They should rehab, meaning that I have to go, the reason I love, I forgive, I'm Christ-like, the reason I walk in healthy relationships is not because the person that's broken is broken, it's because I am healed. (laughs) I've got to learn to treat people because I've dealt with my, so the onus is on me, not them. Because there's a lot of people that are saying, Pastor Josiah, the reason I came to relationship rehab is because I will start loving people more if they change. (laughs) So I brought them today, and I'm going to take plenty of notes for them, and I want you to get them. I'm going to be on my phone. I'll be back in 30 minutes when you're done. (laughs) I mean, come on, right? And then I'll start acting right when they act right. But that's not what Jesus said. He says, I want you to love like I love them. Amen. So where does the road to relationship rehab start? Or where does the road to restoring our relationship start? Write this down, point number one. Let me bring it back into focus. Let's get to work here. It starts with this. The healthier you are, the healthier relationships will be. Amen. I'm going to say amen to my own point. Amen, Pastor Josiah. Because people are going to dodge this like, nope, nope, this is not for me. Nope. The healthier they are, Pastor. 
is the more I'll act right. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, the healthier you are. In other words, the more healed you are as a man, as a woman, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister, as a brother, the more you have done the work to get, to get healed, that's how you're going to be able to love people better. And we'll break it down here in, this, in a moment. But so this is the principle Jesus is showing us that we need to develop inside of our lives because our relationships will never get healthier until we're healthier. Now, I'm going to be all over the map talking about different relationships because this series is about all relationships, so married, single, friends, all that. But, but it, it's, it's kind of like for, for you that are single, um, you, you don't marry the right person, you become the right person, okay? You know, there's like, because, let me just play this, because there's this thought, this frame of thinking that like, you know, for those people that are single, they think, um, you know, if I meet the right person, then I'll be good. And so they have this thought of like, I'm going to meet the right person and, and they're going to fill me and they're going to, they're just going to like meet all my needs and they're going to love me for who I am and they're going to like everything I like and, and you know, we're going to laugh at everything at the same time <laughs> and they're going to not want me to change anything and if they really love me, they're going to just say I'm the bomb and it's like what are you smoking girl <laughs> you know like, like you've been watching too much notebook you know what I'm saying actually notebook's a little side of what do you want what do you anyway so <laughs> I kind of find myself like this sometimes but anyway it's like what do you want what do you want do you want Chick-fil-A or anyway so I'm messing with you all right stay focused but you know it's it's like you we tend to think that our our healing is in another person that my, my completeness is in somebody else. But that cannot be further from the truth. It's not found in another person. Our healing has to be found first in order for us to have healthy relationships. And, and just another single person advice, I always say this. What would happen if you meet the right person, but you're all wrong? <laughs> so if you're like, Lord, bring me the right girl. He's like, well, you ain't the right man. Like, why would I introduce my right daughter when you... <laughs> Come on, somebody! It's like, I'm a dad. I'm like, why would I introduce my daughter? You, Lord, bring me a dime. God's like, start acting like a cent then. You know what I mean? I'm looking at the floor. So you'd be like, why do you look at me? I'm looking at the floor. You know what I mean? It's like, why, why would he bring... Lord, bring me my GGM. What's that? Girls don't know. My good godly man. Where's all the good ones at? Looking for the good ones. I'm going to look at the floor. Come on, Pastor Tom, help me. Help me, Pastor Tom. Help me. Help me, still young adult pastor. He's shouting me down. All right. You know, where are all the good ones? They're looking for the good ones. Staying away from, you know, anyway, you know, just. Lord. So, so work on you, boo. Oh, that's a good one right there. Hashtag work on you, boo. No one wants to write that one down. Point number three. I'm trying to come on. <laughs> Extra point. Yeah. Work on you, boo. And it's amazing how God will, like, it's the law of attraction. God, you're like, whoa, what a coincidence. Not coincidence. It's when you're healed. How many know God's in control? Come on. How many know God's in control? Okay. So you don't think God knows where the good ones are? He knows. But he's like, when you're healed, single people, he'll bring you. Be like, wow, what this was. No, God's like, now you're ready. Because if I would have brought them sooner, you would have messed them up. 
you would have ruined the whole relationship. Man, I feel like I'm preaching real good, Pastor Marie. I'm trying to help some single person, right? So work on you, boo, and God will do what you got to do. Okay, I'm rapping now. All right, come on. I don't know what got into me. All right, so Jesus is going to teach us here. Okay, let's let's get to work here. Jesus is going to teach us. He was asked this question. Watch this. What's the most important thing? So someone comes up to Jesus and they ask Jesus, say, Jesus, what's the most important thing in the whole Bible? So pay attention if you're like new to church or you're, you're like, you haven't read the whole Bible, listen to this, because this guy basically comes to Jesus, he says, Jesus, I haven't read the whole Bible, but can you just summarize it for me? What's the most important thing? So Jesus responds to him. He's like, I got you. This is the most important thing. Here it is. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. Here's what Jesus says. He says, these are the most important, pay attention. These are the two most important things in the whole Bible. Like all 66 books of the Bible, all, all front to back, this is the most important thing. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Someone say, that's number one. He says, number two, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus says, there is no greater commandment than these. So Jesus says, here's the most important things of the whole Bible. Like above everything else, he says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So what are those? Those are two relationships. Your vertical relationship with God in heaven, your horizontal relationship with people on earth. He says, that's the two most important things. But let's get first things first. Because, see, God says the way to relationship is first you got to learn to love God and be right with God. See, a lot of times we think relationships start with getting right with another person. God says, no, the relationship starts with getting right with God. See, we live in a culture, watch me now, that we're, we're, we're like a, a culture that's always searching for something. People are trying to find the right guy, trying to find the right girl, trying to find the right job, trying to find the right apartment, trying to find the right car, trying to find the right shoes, trying to find the right dress, trying to find the right money, trying to find the right ring, trying to find the right friends, trying to find the right you know, coffee shop, trying to find the, the right place to take a picture. They're always trying to find stuff thinking that if they could just find the right click or the right group, find the right this, that then they'll be healed. But I'm going to tell you, the only way to get healed is you got to find God. Find him first. Then everything else will be good. So he says, love God. Find him. You're so caught up with trying to find everything else. You're searching. So he says, love the Lord your God with these four things. Just write them down. Heart, mind, soul, strength. Heart, mind, soul, strength. Heart, mind. Say it like this. Hmms. Say it. Hmms. Say it. Hmms. You'll never forget it. H-M-S-S. Heart, mind, soul, strength. Hmms. How you doing, bro? Hmms. <laughs> Working on my hmms. Heart, mind, soul, strength. So he's in essence saying your whole, what makes, makes you you. I got to get up that all aligned with God. Because how many know that, that your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. How many know that emotions mess with your, I'm sorry, your relationships will mess with your mind. So God, I got to get my mind focused on you. Your relationships will mess with your emotions. For fellas, your he motions. Okay? It'll mess with you. So you got to learn, God, get my, every, my heart, my soul, my strength. I got to get it right with God so that I can then do relationships right. So then the second thing, it says this. Oh, I got to move quick. Lord, help me. I got a lot, lot to cover. Um, he then says, love Lord God, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and I just, I just want to make this point here. Just remember that the first relationship Adam had was with God, not Eve. Okay? 
Just remember that. Is that God, God, Adam first was good with God, then God brought Eve, okay? So you gotta be good with God. Second thing, he says, love your neighbor. And then I love how Jesus says this. Let me break this down. He says, love your neighbor as how? Yourself. And here's the point of this. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, he wasn't talking about, you know, like this self-absorbed love. Like, like he's not talking about like, you know, you got to love yourself. This is no humanistic. This is Jesus talking about, you know, he was not talking about like, oh, I'm the bomb. I'm all that with a bag of chips and avocado and, and you know, and you're lucky to have me. And no, no, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is loving your neighbor as yourself what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about not your self-absorbed love. He's talking about stewarding your life properly. What he's saying is, Lord, I value what you're doing in my life. I love those in my life because I love what you're doing in my life. In other words, it's hard to love people if you hate yourself. This is why most relationships fail, is they wake up in the morning and they hate themselves. So if you hate yourself, why would you love the people in your life? I hate the way I am. I hate the way I, I look. I hate the way God made me. I hate my, this. I hate that. So if you, if you are not, if you don't love and value how God made you and where God put you, then you'll never love your neighbor. You'll never love your family, your kids, your, because you, you don't, you don't, you're not happy with this. You're not happy with who you are. You think God gave you a bad deal. God, you, you, didn't, you, gave me, you, you didn't give me a good deal. You put me in, a, in, in this dysfunctional family. Everybody else is perfect, but my family is messed up, which is a lie. Come on now. So we got to realize, no, God gave me something good. In fact, let's all say that. Say, God gave me something good. <laughs> Come on, you got to say it again. God gave me something good. You're like, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty jacked up, Pastor. I, I know. God gave me something good. And, and I love what God put in my life. I love where, where God put me. You know, now again, there's things to grow, but I need to, be, I need to develop with that. Because if you don't recognize that, then you'll walk there. Now, um, for me, and just bear with me here, I'm going to kind of put my heart out there. I only know one way to be, and that's real. For me, this is something that, that I had to get healed from, um, particularly with my relationship with my father. Because my father, he walked out on my mom when mom was 10 years old, and, and he had succumbed to his addictions, and um, his, you know, drug addictions, and gambling addictions, and and. I grew up with a lot of unforgiveness. I was not happy with my situation. That was one of the biggest issues when I got saved was how to deal with unforgiveness. I had so much hatred, just being honest. I, I didn't like him. And as my life progressed, I got saved, and I knew that I wasn't supposed to live with unforgiveness. This, this was not helping me. And just so you know, unforgiveness is dangerous because when you're when you're not living in forgiveness, you realize that the prisoner is not the person, it's yourself. 
And I had to learn to forgive, and I didn't want to forgive. There was, man, I was like, my dad didn't help my mom at all, never sent a dime to my mom. We were living on Section 8 housing. She was working two jobs. We were, we were broke. Man, we were you know, struggling. I had to raise my younger brothers, missed out on a lot of things. And, and I had a lot. I'm just being real. But I got saved, and, and I'm like, God, I need to forgive this guy. I need to forgive him. He's, and, and I remember this is what God showed me. hope this helps somebody contextualize your situation. God showed me. This is what God showed me. He said, your dad didn't give up on you. He gave up on himself. That's what God showed me. He said he gave up on himself. He gave up on being, he didn't believe he, he could be a dad. He could be there. And he's just as broken as you are. Pray for him. Man, I was crying and, and it took I'm talking years of fasting and prayer for God to show me that, that I, I want to give you this gem, church. And I forgave my dad. I said, I forgive him. Man, he's a, he's a man like I am. He gave up on himself. And, and I forgave him. Years passed by, and my, my grandfather passed away, which was his dad. And um, I saw my dad. You know, last time I had seen him, I was t- about 10 years old, and, and now I'm married. I'm in my 20s, and, and, and I, had, I hadn't seen my dad in over a decade, and, and I, I see my dad, and it's just messing with me because now I'm taller than him, and last time I saw him, I was a little boy, and, and now I'm married and all this, and I see my dad, and I'm just going to be honest with you. When I saw him, I felt all this blood. I mean, I knew I was turning green. I was like becoming the Hulk. I was like, this all, you know what I mean? It's real talk, okay? And I'm like, I, I don't know if I want to hug him or punch him. Sorry, some of y'all are like, what? Okay, I'm, God still was working on me. You know what I mean? And, and, like, and so I saw my, my dad, and, and, and he says, hey, let's talk. And I'm like, oh, it's on now. Let's do this then, you know? <laughs> it's real talk. And so we go to the, the, the other room, and, and my dad says, hey, you know, I know I wasn't there for you. And, and he starts talking all this stuff. And then he says, well, I hope we could just be friends. And I, said, I looked at him, and I said, no, we're not just going to be friends. I said, you're my dad. And I forgive you. It was the hardest thing I ever did, guys. Okay, hardest thing I ever did. I forgive you. I love you. You know, cried, hugged. And, and I'd love to tell you that after that moment that we were together playing at the park. <laughs> I didn't see him again for like 10 years. But here's the point. I wasn't going to leave my healing in someone else's life. I hope this helps somebody. I don't know who, but I hope this helps. I wasn't going to place my breakthrough in somebody else's recovery. I'm like, I'm just going to say, God, heal me. God, help me. Lord, I don't want to live with a bitterness, offense, regret, unforgiveness. God, just work on my life because I've got to learn to be healthy so I don't repeat the patterns in my marriage, my kids, my home, and my future. And I'm just saying, the Bible never says forgive someone when they say sorry. (laughs) He said forgive them. Forgive them. Because that's how God forgives us. My dad recently passed away. The story doesn't end. And uh, just this past January. And um, he passed away abruptly. It wasn't because of COVID. He had just had succumbed to his health issues after just years of addiction and not taking care of his body. And, and they pretty much found him dead. I mean, pretty much dead in his apartment. 
They rushed him to the hospital, didn't even get to say goodbye. It hurt me. And here come all those emotions. I'm now married. I'm pastoring a church. I got kids. And all these emotions come back to me. This is just January, guys. All these emotions that I felt as a, as a kid, frustration and, and anger and like, man, all this came back. And I said, God, I thought I already dealt with all that. And I started getting more frustrated again and like, man, he wasn't there. And look, I ain't going to say goodbye. And now here's what God told me. It would have been actually to say this. It would have been easy for me to write the narrative. Ah, whatever. He died. So what? You know, that's what he gets. But I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And here's what God told me. God says, I need you to believe, Josiah, that he loved you. He says, your father loved you. He just didn't know how to. So I forgave him all over again. We're getting ready to bury him, but there's some problems. He lived in Cabo San Lucas and different rules in Mexico and all that. And, and, but the point is, it's something you have to continuously do. So if you're like, but I forgave them, why do I feel like I got to forgive them again? Because we're in recovery. We're growing. We're developing. I mean, this is real, guys. This is real stuff right here, man. I'm just telling you right now. Developing, developing. And we have to get there, guys. Because if you're not healed, you will never have healthy relationships. Okay, I got to wrap this up. So how do we get healed? We got to have, Pastor Marie, come on up here quick. Quick, 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 if you can. Don't trip, though. Because all of our issues, stay with me here. I want to make sure everybody can see, so I'll, I'll move the pulpit a little bit more. All my issues, yeah, stand over there, honey. Yeah, right over there, yeah. When you get married, it sounds beautiful. Like I do weddings, they're like, we're going to start fresh. And everything we've been through is a brand new start. Say all your vows, beautiful, God bless you. But when you get married, you got two big old U-Haul trucks, okay? And you're bringing all of that clutter into the marriage, right? You're bringing all of it. So when we, we got married, relationship, the reason I had to get healthy, because if I'm not good, this won't be good. And all my other, my friendships, everything. So Jesus says this. It's the most powerful part. Don't miss this. He says this in Matthew 7. Put it up here on the screens if you can for me. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what Jesus says. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Matthew 7, 3, please. I'll wait for you. Thank you. Here Jesus says. Someone say Jesus said. Jesus said, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye? When you have a log in your own, it gets better. Four. Verse four, please. He says, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? It's about to get even better. This gets worse. Verse five. Hypocrite. <laughs> okay. This is Jesus. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Thank you, Jesus, for your words. I receive it. Oof. You know? Here's what Jesus says. He says, you don't have the authority, let me say this better, the clarity to deal with someone else's issues till you dealt with your own. You'll never have it. You'll never have it. Because 
he says, God is, this is Jesus talking, perfectly God. He says, you'll be blinded by your log. So come on out, guys. Come on, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. So I went to Home Depot and bought me a log. I brought my log with me today. Don't judge my log. Some of your logs are bigger than mine. Just joke. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I brought my log with me. Come on out. Yeah, come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward. Yeah, give me that. And then put your arm down there. And then, yes, that's just, yeah, there you go. Come forward, come forward, come forward. Stand over there. Oh, 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 don't hit, don't hit her with my log. Okay, go forward, go forward, go forward, go forward, go forward, because I got to be in the center. Go, go, go. There, there you go, right there. Thank you so much. So I had to recognize that I had a log. Okay. And my log was because of my upbringing, my, my drama that I've been through, my drama, my trauma, everything. And so when I got, I got married, and even the way I did friendships, I, for me, I was, I was affected, again, upbringings and things. So when I was young, you know, is I had trust issues because my dad left, so it's my log. I had, you know, abandonment issues, so I always thought Marie was going to leave me. Because other friends left me, I grew up in the hood, backstabbing. So my dad left, so I had abandonment issues. I had anger issues because I grew up with a lot of resentment, a lot of nights. I was angry and upset, so I learned to live with it instead of deal with it. I had unforgiveness issues because it was hard for me to forgive my dad, so I never really learned how to properly forgive. This was my log. Just being real, guys, this this is my log. And I, re- I realized that I was doing relationships like this. See? I'm going, Lord, she's messed up. Change Marie, Lord. She's my issue. God's like, really? Really? Oh, yeah. God, I'll tell you all about Marie. I'll spend an hour. And let me tell you, and then, and, and the truth is most of us have a log of somebody else's log, then our own log. Like if, if I were to tell you, tell me about your, tell me about your, your friend's log or your family's log, you'll be like, I got a log longer than a CVS receipt. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Like, just shh. CVS always does that to me. I'm like, I don't need all this. Anyway, email it to me. So we know more. We have a huge log of other people's log. Here's what God says. He says, you got this big old log. And he says, they have a speck. Hold the speck. There you go. They have a speck. That's what Jesus said. Don't get mad at me. He says, you got a log, they got a speck. And they may say, well, that's not fair, Lord. They got big old logs too. Okay, what what Jesus is doing is he's saying that your issue magnifies their issue. Okay, see, magnifies it. So if I don't deal with my issues, I'll always see her issue, which is, well, I think it's much bigger. It's because I'm distanced by my own issues. This is Jesus speaking. Don't get mad at me. He says, you got to deal with your log before you try to deal with their speck. So if I'm trying to always be the inspector of everybody else's specs without getting healed of my stuff, 
then I will never see clearly because he said, where was the log? Where was the log? In your what? That has to do with clarity. So therefore, if I don't deal with my log, I'll never see my relationships with clarity. They'll always be jaded. They'll always be broken. So what I got to do is I got to say, God, in order for me to get better at relationships, watch me now. I can't pray God changed Marie. I got to pray God changed me. I can't pray. I can't start. Now we're going to pray about her later. I can't pray God changed my child. God changed my friend. God changed my family. God changed my sisters. God changed my brother. I got to say, God changed me. Lord, heal me of my trust issues, of my abandonment. Heal me, God, of my anger. Heal me of my unforgiveness. God, take me through the discipleship process of dealing with my logs so that I can finally have a conversation and see clearly on what really is just a speck. Come on, somebody. Say it's just a speck. Because let's be honest, most stuff's just a speck. You're like, how do we even get here? Well, what happened was, I don't even suspect. Now, let me just say this. This does not mean that the other person doesn't have issues. Jesus is actually saying, yes, they got issues. A lot of issues. A whole lot of issues. I'm sure, come on, right? <laughs> A lot of issues. I'm sure, man, 17 years of issues. Amen. <laughs> I love you, Eddie. Yeah. God's like, yeah, they got a speck. They have issues. So don't think that Jesus is saying, just love them even though they're jacked up. He says, no, they got a speck. But if you try to start working with their speck without working with yours, you, you, you guys see, it's not going to work. It just leads to further and further brokenness. Here's the harsh point, and then I'm done. What Jesus is actually saying, stop trying to be so hard on someone else's sin and being so easy on your own sin. That's straight up. I, I wish I could put it any uh, way different, but that's tough, huh? Because what happens is we're more graceful with our own sin than someone else's sin. And God's saying, so you're okay with your sin. Your sin is permissible, but their sin is unexplainable. I can't handle that sin. God's like, really, tell me more about that. So we permit our own sin, and we're so hard on someone else's sins. And God says, when you get more angry about your own sin, he says, then you'll be see more clearly with someone else's sin. <laughs> I got four claps. It's all good. They're like, no, they're sinful, pastor. They're the most sinners. I'm holy. Don't you see the halo sitting on top of my horns? Just kidding. God, don't you? <laughs> We all have sin, we all have issues, and we need to get healed of our logs. Don't judge my log. Well, I don't know Pastor Battle unforgiveness, man. He's jacked up. I just put in my, my I'm just putting my stuff out there. I don't know what yours is, but I do know we all have logs. So here's my prayer for you, your homework this week. We're gonna pick it back up next week. This week, I want you to make a log about your log. So I want you to be bold enough to identify your log this week. Now, I'm not telling you make a log about the people that are in your life that are jacked up. I want you to identify your log. This takes a lot of maturity for men, women, friends. Say, what's my issues? What, what are my, what's, what may be not allowing me to see clearly the relationships in my life? Just write down your log. This is between you and God. And this week, I want you to identify that.
And then we're going to believe God. Holy Spirit, heal my log. Holy Spirit, heal my log. Holy Spirit, change my life. Holy Spirit, heal me. Heal me. And it's a process, okay, guys? It's a process. But this is stuff that we do. Y'all get in your workout today. Come on now. If you were hardcore, you'd be like squatting it. <laughs> You're like, man, pastor, your log's heavy. I know. Help me carry it, bro. You know what I mean? I guess that's kind of a sermon too. Get some people to help you carry your log. You know I mean? Get in a connect group. Get into a small group. You know what I mean? Yeah, real talk. Get into a small group. Pray. Have people carry your log. Amen? Amen. Come over here, Pastor Marine. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Why don't we all stand to our feet? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let me give you the last three points. I know some of you are like, finish my, my outline. Okay, really quick. Letter A, if you want to write it down. Just put them real quick. Letter A, team. Got it. need to be spiritually, emotionally healthy. Letter B, stop being the victim. Okay, stop, stop saying that the reason you are the way you are is because they are the way they are. Okay, stop giving people that much power over your life. If you're the way, okay, this is what's funny. We say we're the way we are because someone is the way they are. Well, if somebody else, if a human has that much power over your life, why don't you give God that much power over your life and let him change you? And then last but not least, number three, write down, deal with silent frustrations. Don't just, don't just deal with it. I mean, don't just have it silent. Deal with it. Talk to, go to a small group. Get around other Christian brothers and sisters. You know, guys, get around other guys. Don't, be, don't talk to the guy that says, just leave her, bro. Like, no. Get with another husband that says, man, let's pray. And, and you know, uh, uh, wives, get with other w- Christian women. You know what I mean? And get around, get around small groups at church that are, that are going to encourage you, pray for you, battle with you, that are going to break generational strongholds with you, that are not going to lead you into more addiction and depression, but are going to lead you to victory and prayer and fasting. Come on, say amen. So get in this house and just build it. If you're married, hold your spouse's hand. If you're with your children, just get them with you. If, if you're here, just, we're going to pray with you. Pastor Marie, would you pray? Just pray for us. Lord, I just thank you for this word, this powerful word, Lord, that yeah. it, it has opened our hearts, Lord. It has opened our minds. And we just ask this morning yes, and this afternoon, Lord, that as we stand here and as we're beginning to this self-evaluation, and maybe some of us have already began that process, I pray that your spirit would just fill us with hope, with security, with your love, because your perfect love casts out all fear. So Lord, as we walk this journey of healing and wholeness, it's not an easy road, but it is the road, God, that is gonna lead us to our greatest victory and greatest freedom, so that we can be whole in our relationships, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our friending, in every area and aspect of our lives, Lord. We want to give you full access to those areas, God, that have only given, we've only given ourselves access to. We ask, God, that you open us up. Open us up, Lord, and that we be vulnerable to you like we never have before, and that you, God, be able to infiltrate us like you never have had permission to before. So we thank you for this time. We thank you for this revelation. We thank you, God, that you are taking us from glory to glory, yes, strength to strength, mm. in Jesus' name. Just repeat this prayer to me. Say, Lord Jesus, say thank you for your word. Say, I now realize that you've given me a new command, that I must love those that you've placed in my life the way you love them. To love like you love, Lord, is my goal. So I'm asking you, Lord, show me my log this week. Say it again. Say, reveal to me my log so I can remove the log from my own eye so I can then help the speck 
that is in the people in my lives are carrying. See, I want to walk with forgiveness. I want to walk with the fruit of the Spirit. I want to model Christ to every relationship in my life. Teach me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me say that. Yeah, give God a clap. Here's the last thing I want to say, then we're going to worship a little here. I just want to, I don't want you to misunderstand that I'm saying is worth, like, I know there are people in our lives that are carrying things. And I'm, I love how, if you're at the marriage conference, um, I want to give Pastor Jimmy Rollins credit for this, but he says, we're called to their issues. Like, I'm called to her speck. But I cannot help her with her speck if I'm caught up in my own big old log. Does that make sense? So what the point I'm making is we will get better at relationships with first us getting healed, then we can be called to help our brothers, our sisters, our family, your spouse, come on, your friends, getting healed. Say amen. So God, heal our hearts. Come on, let's worship God. Let's sing this out. Go ahead, team. Would you lift your hands and just worship? Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.